Whenever you're ready. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his three's company too. Greetings and salutations. This is the Clary Podcast. Um, I got. <laughs> I have a buddy asking if she should get rid of. On, on the Facebook, I apologize. I'm kind of doing two things at once here. She's like, maybe I should get rid of my landline. This is not a 60 year old woman. This is not a 60 year old. Like, oh, jeez, what? Like, I don't know what the baby boomer explanation or reason. They, they've told it to me a million times before, but I don't remember it. Because it makes absolutely no sense in today's age and era. What if there's a tornado and it wipes out all the cell phone towers? It's like, listen, uh, Gertrude, get rid of your land. How many of you, uh, really, solid, solid uh, uh, Gen X, and you you still have a landline? Are you drinking Metamucil now? What? There's no reason to have a landline. I remember when I was younger, obviously because I don't remember when I was older, but I was teaching dance classes, and I had a, well, I had to keep a landline because I had to fax things, and I, the, the, the bandwidth technology, this is during the dial-up days, you, you know, 50, 50K, 56K, like that was, that was the cat's meow, it was 14.4 baud modem, and then it was 50 uh, dial-up speed, and man, we thought that, but it still wasn't enough that you could scan in documents, you know, PDFs, this is when bike couriers were still used, because it was cheaper to send these massive legal documents, and architectural documents, and blueprints, you go hire a Quicksilver bike uh, courier to deliver it, and I, I remember, like, boy, I, the only reason, the only reason to have this damn landline, and to pay the extra 20 or 15 dollars a month, was because I had to fax documents to the community ed places I was teaching dance classes. So I'd have to fax in reviews and, and, and uh, not reviews, what was it? Evals. Had to send in the evals. I have to send in legal docs, signatures. The, the fax was key. Now just scan, done. Guys, you don't need a landline. There's no reason to need a landline. It, it's just pure stubbornness or ignorance or fear, irrational fear. Uh, old or young, I guess, because my buddy isn't too much older than me. Oh, my God. What if we can't make up? And that's the other nature of emergencies. What are you going to do about it? Really, truly, what are you going to do about an emergency? Your daughter, heaven forbid, gets hit by a truck. Are you a doctor? Are you an ambulance driver? Are you a paramedic? All you're going to do is worry. That's the one thing I've learned in this life is, is just how little of these things that you control, whether good things are happening to you or bad, you don't control it. And the true measure of someone who has an iron command of their facilities and their emotions is one who does not get unnecessarily worked up over things they don't control. I mean... Obviously, you, you wouldn't be human if, if your daughter got hit by a truck and you weren't like, oh, my God, and the, you didn't jump to the feet and your heart didn't sink into your stomach. But after you accept the fact your daughter got hit by a truck, to frantically panic and run around 
See, oh my God, I need a landline. What if this? Oh my God. No, no, it's too. It, it, it is outside of your control now. Prayer is about the only thing if you believe in God. And then uh, if you're an atheist or an agnostic or you just think God is out to screw you over, uh, a, a meditation and, accept, and, and trying to limit the amount of unnecessary worry. Uh, that, that is, that's, what, that's basically all you can do. I was talking to not just one, but several other people. Speaking of old people. Uh, and mark the old captain's word, this is coming down the pipe. I believe this is going to be. And it's not, and it, it, I, would, I would like to say it's <clears throat> somewhat generational. It's not. But it, we're going to talk. Look, you women have got to get over material things. You really do. And I'm not talking buying crap. And I know it, you're, I'm asking, you know, talk about things you don't control. Uh, but I've ran into now asshole consulting in a couple other places uh, personally where the, the female, the matriarch, the old lady, uh, she wants to stay in the house. And if you think I'm specifically talking about, you know, there's been multiple people that this is like, I finally got the straw that broke the camel's back where there was yet another instance of this. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because when we're talking about things like a house, that's what we're talking about, is the old woman wants to stay in the house that the dad or the father or the patriarch built. And it is not only an impediment to young people advancing and moving on in their lives so that they too might build their own house, and <clears throat> but it is obviously a house is a huge, if not the single largest asset usually somebody owns. And if you mismanage it, it's also the single largest liability that somebody owns because usually there's a mortgage attached or a reverse mortgage or something like that. And I cannot emphasize enough, you look at housing, that is the single largest expense in your life. You want to minimize it. If there is a silver bullet to personal financial management, it is minimizing your living expenses over the entire course of your life. All right? If you can minimize your rent expense, uh, you minimize, or your, your lodging expense, you minimize the single largest expense that most people have in their life. Until Obamacare, which now is health care in many instances where the health insurance premiums cost more uh, than people's mortgages. But historically speaking, and still speaking to a majority of people, housing is the number one expense. Uh, and if you can minimize that, you make things a lot easier. So you live with roommates, you live in a van, you, you, you only have a studio apartment, whatever. Again, life is out there, life is not in the home. Now, when you have kids, this creator, or you raise a family... This throws a curveball at this otherwise simple and minimalistic principle. Now you need a larger home. Now it is economically advantageous to you to get an actual house. And so the only time I think that you should actually have a house, uh, unless it's rental property or you have it paid off in cash or whatever, you got to steal it. The only time you really have to have a house is when you're raising children. And presumably, hopefully, ideally, in the nuclear family, 1940s, 1950s, evil right, racist, male, sexual, homophobic, uh, sexist, misogynist world, you would be employed reliably in the same area for the same amount of time that you would stay in this house, raise all your children, and then these children, as they got older, would evacuate and go on, and then continue living their own lives, blaze their own trail through life. But then... Once the last kid is out, 
basic simple economic principles, and a lot of people know this isn't anything that, that old captain has a secret. A lot of people know this, is they scale down. They downsize. And then they sell the house, which over what? If you have a kid and you don't fuck up and you don't get married at minimum 18 years, if you have multiple kids, that's two decades. Okay, the house probably appreciated in value. You've made a significant dent into the mortgage. The mortgage should at least be mostly paid off by that time. You sell that for a huge capital gain and a huge windfall. You buy yourself a small little condo where you don't mow or shovel somewhere down south in a tax-free state. And then you take the lion's share of the remaining money and then that makes a... It's perfect timing. It's perfect fucking timing. Now you got this huge nest egg that you can invest wherever, maybe buy another rental, but whatever... Right about the time you're coming up on retirement, maybe you got it a couple 10 years, maybe you invest in a 401k, whatever. And then all of a sudden you have a much smaller place, less time, less maintenance. That's key to personal financial management. A lot of people don't think about the time. They're all about the dollars. They don't think about the time. And then uh, all of a sudden you're 65 or 70. You and Gertrude, you're sitting there in there with your landline phone, obviously, for Karen, my buddy Karen. <clears throat> And then you just live the next couple of years till you're dead. And then if you if you if you downsize, you get rid of the biggest single largest expense while also selling the biggest biggest single largest asset. Your retirement should be a breeze. Oh no! Enter in female psychology. More than once, more than twice, more than thrice, and I don't know what the fourth version of once, twice, thrice is. Quats. I've seen this many times, which means we're going to have to address it here, where either the wife or the mother decides she's going to stubbornly bivouac and hold her guns. It's my house. I have so many memories. Memories, things of the past, things that are done and over with. And I know, I know, Aaron, Cappy, you're an evil, right-wing, cold-hearted bastard. Everything is dollars and cents to you. No, 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 no. Because I'm a realist as well. What this is doing now, it is crippling at minimum a husband and a wife's retirement. I know at least two couples where this is happening. The husband is still around. They're they're living in this big palatial mansion they don't fucking need. And there's old the hubster. The hubster, you know, he's approaching retirement age or is in retirement age. And he can't go and hustle like he used to when he was in 20s, 30s, and 40s. He maybe wants to relax a little bit. They're making them, God Almighty, they're making the poor bastard go out and shovel snow. And then they, you know, and then, oh, White Herman died. I don't know, lady. Maybe, maybe he would have lived another 10, 15 years if instead of shoveling out in minus 5 degree weather, slipping and breaking his hip on the ice, making him a perma cripple. Maybe if you moved down to fucking Arizona or fucking Florida and sold your fucking estate, that that poor old man, that old workhorse, I mean, come on, let the workhorse retire a little bit. Let him go bathe in the sun. No, but but you see, see, the wife needs to have that house. Why? Because there are memories. There are ghosts there that she wants to live in the past, which I'd say is a psychological problem. While usually, usually torturing and damaging the poor rat bastard of a husband that's going and got to go maintain the place as if he was 27. But you switch the numbers around, he's 72. No wonder men die before women. 
So then the money's not coming in, and any number one of a problem of things can happen here. The old man wants to retire. Now money's tight. And yeah, you may have that house paid off, but you know those good old Democrats and liberals, nothing's too good for the children. So your property taxes jack up, a lot of old people, a lot of widows. Oh, the ones that never got fucking trained by their husbands. I run into this all the time. Well, I gotta take this class because my husband always did the finances. But I want to keep the house. The tax, they say I gotta pay taxes. I thought we owned it. They don't pay the taxes. The tax man cometh. There's a lien put on the house. Old Gertrude's kicked out. Because no one was there to pay the debt. Husband never trained the wifey on the, on the finances. What else? Oh, the house goes into disrepair. The husband can't keep up. And the worst, the worst possible situation. I've seen it, it, a couple close calls. The old man goes out. The old man's out there on slippery ice patches, slips and what? You know, at that age, your hip goes, you are gone. You are dead. That is a death sentence. A slow, miserable, crippled, painful death sentence. But you see, the wife got to keep the house. She got to stay where all the memories were. The other one, which is where I've seen it on Asshole Consulting multiple times, is it is the son or the daughter, and then the mom or the grandma in some cases, I have one with the grandmother, where not only do they want to stay in this house, and they don't got money, they don't got money coming in, Oh, they might have received some inheritance. Oh, they might have survivor wealth, and not welfare, <clears throat> social security. Uh, and even if they are able to make the payments, they can't maintain the home because the husband did all this stuff. They ain't going to stay in the house. And not only do they want to stay in the house, they don't want their kids moving out of town. I'll be lonely. Hey, come down to Florida. Come down to Arizona. Come down to Phoenix. Come down to Texas. No, I have so many memories here. Your father and I built this house together, and I'm going to say, well, fuck you, Grandma. Just fuck you, then. Not my Grandma. My Grandmas were actually smart. They they moved on. They Oh, yes, I had memories here. But then they both scaled down, moved to small little apartments. Very happy. That, okay, both were reasonably financially astute. But this is, look, if you millennials and Gen Xers don't have enough problems already financially between mortgage debts, the financial crisis, your student loans, now you're going to have your fucking grandma or your parents all of a sudden, oh, I want to stay here. I want to stay here because I get the memories. I understand you love your parents or your grandparents. I understand that. But by God, I got one client. I, I can't give details. The grandma, like, how can I put it without giving too many details? The grandma, who no doubt is a loving, wonderful grandma, loves her grandchildren and wants her grandchildren to be there with her. And obviously when you grow up with the right type of grandma, you're going to love your grandma. But then it's like, when does love stop and greed and selfishness take over? Now she's demanding, not demanding, but saying, well, you should come over and live with your grandmother in this shithole, an absolute shithole of a northern city. I won't mention which, but it's, it's one of the shittiest shitholes of all northern shitholes that ever shat. 
And she wants this kid who is living in a tax-free, warm state, who's got his career, to go up, oh, live with your grandmother. Oh, don't you love your grand? Fuck you, grandma. I do love you, but you know what? I love myself. And, and the economist in me, who is more pro-life, not in an abortion sense, but, but pro-life, pro-living, pro-life, knows that the time of grandmother is over. The time of the grandchildren has come. And for these old people to either out of selfishness, greed, or ignorance, or stubbornness, I admit there's, there's probably not, there's not a malicious intent on the part of these people, to say, hey, the rest of you kids put your life on hold, or, or I want you to handicap and cripple your life, and therefore your future, so I'm not fucking lonely. And no, by the way, no, I'm not going to leave the house because you have memories here. I don't care if the whole family files for bankruptcy. I want to stay here with it. This is where you got to like... How many times, guys? What have, you, what have you learned about women? Related to you or not, romantically interested or not, take the lessons that you've learned from women when you've dated them. What do you got to do with them? You got to draw the fucking line and you got to tell them the word that they love and hate both at the same time. No! No! I know Western civilization and the media and Oprah and Obama and Hillary and the Democrats and the Socialists and the United Nations all love to tell women yes, but man, it's your job. You were put on this motherfucking planet to tell women one thing and one thing only, and that is no! We're not good because if you let women rule the day, did you, did you, I mean, we've seen this. Every once in a while you see a micro example. We've never, you know, the communists, we've never had full-blown socialism. Every once in a while to put together a commune hippie together or a couple episodes back, we saw what happened with that, uh, with that, what, that uh, deli out in Massachusetts or whatever was ran for, uh, for a non-profit. So we get some insight, like, yeah, communism fell. Sometimes we get outright examples, like North Korea and the Soviet Union or East Germany. And every once in a while, you, you'll see what a true matriarchal, like if women, if women ran society sort of thing. There was that famous Dutch version of Lost or Survival Head or whatever the hell that show was, and they put a group of women on one island, a group of men on the other island, and the women just blew through the resources, were tanning, with, and then men had shelter and all that. Women left to their own devices. And, and sorry, ladies, I know I know there are some of you who aren't like this. I know many ladies in the middle. I know one former CIA who could kick my ass. I, I'm not talking about you girls. But in general, women are designed to consume resources and breed children and nurture. They are not out there. They, uh, of the two million years of human evolution... They have not been terribly trained or conditioned or evolutionized in the art of holding to standards and looking forward and making tough, hard decisions, at least as it pertains to finances, survival, resource management, etc., etc. Their primary goal is to keep the children alive. To keep the, I understand that you have to have both. Yeah, I'm not saying it's inferior to men. I'm not saying it's superior to men. We need both. We need both men and women. We've gone down this road before. But especially in Western civilization, you boys have failed horribly, horribly in saying, no, no, we're not going to keep the house. And by the way, there's the fucking door. 
Tom Likas at BlowMeUpTom.com. In addition to no, I th- and I'm not joking. I am not joking. You look at any, even though I'm not religious, you look at any religious text of the main religions where they talk about marriage and the relation between men and women. Men are usually there, the, the patriarchy, we, the final arbiter, blah, blah, blah telling women no. So this wisdom has been realized for thousands, eons of years, at least written down. The man has got to, there's rules, hey, there's rules of engagement with women. If you let them to their own devices, they'd just be running around uh, until the resources ran out, and they'd die. They would completely die without us. And I don't mean that in a funny, oh, those men, what would they do without us? No, you girls would be, if you didn't kill yourselves, you'd be eaten by saber-toothed tigers pretty quick, or you'd just die of lack of starvation. I mean, inevitably, it would be like, what? oh my God. A couple might make it. But then they'd be like, yeah, we're kind of like guys. But you know, and then we'd be like, hey, maybe. And then that would result. Never mind, not going to go down that road. Where was I going? Lost my place. Oh, but in addition to men telling women no, I think, and I'm being deadly serious, in addition to that, Tom Likas has added the addendum and if you don't like it, there's the door. That is the necessary teeth that is needed in today's world. And there's the door. And you, you could say, and there's a government check. Because now, and at least into the foreseeable future, in pretty much all of our lives, for anyone listening to this podcast, it'll probably be like this because the government will print off more money. It will, will borrow, I think, the international financial system on, on faulty ground as it is. You're not really pointing to a door and like, and there, go out and make your own way or find a new man. You're really pointing to a government check and saying, if you don't like it, there's a government check. All right? It doesn't hold you to standards. It doesn't, uh, it, in other words, the threat is not that much. It's just like, I'm kicking you out of my life. Here are my standards. You're in my household. Here's the rules we're going to operate by. And by gum, by golly, here comes big-titted Molly. We're going to follow my fucking rules, and we're going to go down the path that I'm blazing. And, and, if you don't like that, you have many, many other options. But they all are outside of that door that you are going to go walk through, and that includes collecting a government check, supporting yourself, uh, a combination of both, becoming a perma professor where you never actually support yourself, working in the nonprofits, heaven forbid you actually go IT or STEM or engineering, actually get yourself a real career. Or there's there are billions, billions of men out there that would like to have sex with you, and they may even subject themselves to marriage for it. But while you're in my household, sweetheart, here are the rules. Now, every man, not every man, but the vast majority of men in Western civilization have failed miserably in that regard. And whereas you think, well, what's the consequences? You know, we should treat women equal. And you should absolutely treat them equal, but you also need to have standards. You also need to realize they're women. And the, the consequences for just rolling over on your back has, of many things, is this situation where you have the financial problems of basically the wife or the mother or the grandmother torpedoing the entire family's finances. Not because, oh, well, we're not going to get the house. I'm not talking about inheritance, like, oh, I wish mom would sell the house so she could give us some money. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the unnecessarily high maintenance costs and property taxes. I'm talking about the the, the repair bill because grandmother not only is incapable of repairing the place, 
But but she is she doesn't know how to repair the place. She's been clueless. Dad took care of that the entire time. And for something as petty as and I understand to women it's not petty. Your your family memories were there. You women have got to realize you're finite and you're gonna die. And for you to hold your kids' futures and lives and your grandkids' futures and lives hostage so you can live in the past, that, that's psychotic. And whether malicious or not, whether intentional or not, that is greedy as fuck. That is selfish as fuck. And you, again, malicious or not, you're an asshole. You're a bitch for doing that. And I know you go down the road. I don't know if mom can understand this. I don't know if my grandmother can understand this. I don't know if my wife can understand this. Again, this is what happens when you pamper women for their entire lives. This is what happens when you when you don't you don't hold when you don't really treat them like equals. Where we do this hybrid thing, well, well, we'll treat women equally when it comes to benefits, but we won't treat them equally when it comes to responsibilities. I I, I wait I wait like a panther, hiding in the brush in my own imaginary jungle, and I just wait for the moment that my girlfriend complains about something that I know should not be complained about. One time she complained about uh, oil or the car or like I didn't do something. And I said, oh, no, no, you're going to change the oil. And then immediately it, like she caught herself like, oh, crap. And no, 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 no. Just because you realize you were caught in the trap does not mean you are out of the trap. I made her change oil. I made her change spark plugs. And now guess what happens when it's time to change oil? There's no more complaining, and there's actual well, thanks. Thanks for changing the oil, dear, because now I, ch- I changed the oil. You, you hold them to a standard. And here's the other thing. I don't know how you could not hold a woman to a standard. I mean, do you really want this typical ditzy, you know, hole with tits and a cute set of eyes? That's, that's the one thing I never understood. Like, I kind of do want an equal. I, like, I expect it in my friends. I expect it in my girlfriends. I expect it in my future wife or whatever. In all relationships, regardless of gender, I expect somewhat of an equal. I expect at least some standards. And if it's going to be someone I'm living with or dating romantically involved with, especially so. And by God, by golly, again, here comes well-endowed Molly. I'm going to hold them to that standard. I'm the person I spend most of my time with. I'm not going to listen to, to whining and complaining, especially unfair stuff. Especially when I have a plan, when we're going to go out here, we're going to do this, we're going to travel around the world, which is wonderful, by the way. But then I, again, then I get people, oh my God, how did she let you do that? What do you mean she lets me do that? Not to get personal, but let me ask the society a question. This is, this is what happens when you do it Aaron Clary style. I say, I'm here on this planet one time, I want to do all these things, this is the way I'm going, you're either going to support me, and if you don't want to support me, you don't have to, there's plenty of other gentlemen out there, where you can say, no, you can't go around, like the rest of the people I know, quite literally, not all, but quite literally, the va- I mean, we're talking 95%, 95% of the people I know, hell, I even know a good buddy of mine, good, good family friend of mine, I had to break him out of husband jail. This guy was so happy to go get drinks. And I know this couple. And I'm like, I wouldn't imagine that woman would do that. Why would I know that woman? She's a very good friend of mine. I thought she wouldn't. doesn't matter, guys. It's in their psychological DNA. And it, what did he say? What did this guy not do? Okay, class. 
Does anybody know what Aaron's friend, he just had to break out of husband gel, who was very, very excited to go get not one, but two shots of scotch. Does anybody know where this husband failed in his manly responsibilities? That since time immemorial, very wise sages of various religions all ironically came to the same conclusion that you have to tell women, what did he not say, ladies and gentlemen? The magic word, no. Followed by, there's the door. (laughs) Not just him, but many other people. They look at me as if as if I had summited Mount Everest on a pogo stick. Like, she was? I meanwhile looking, I'm like, wait a minute, you need permission to go out and get yourself a, a scotch? I told you guys about the pot hanging incident, right? Maybe that was quite some time ago. Maybe it, maybe it deserves telling again. Let us, let us t- turn to the book of Cappy Cap. Chapter 3, verse 7. Cappy calleth up his friend John. John, he said, Dost thou want to go and get a beer? And John said, I would like to get a beer, but let me check it, checketh with the wife. <clears throat> anyway, so I called my buddy John. This is 10, 15 years ago. Guy wasn't even married. He was engaged. See, John, buddy, who lives across the river, right across the river, I've had a powerful enough trebuchet, I could probably hit it from my house. Do you want to go down to the bar that was right a block down from this guy's house, also across the river? Would have been a 30-minute, at max, hour endeavor. I think it was even a Saturday night, you know, Saturday evening. It wasn't wasn't so busy that the, that the bar would have been crowded. Just, just to get a beer, you know, the most innocent of things. Get a beer. And he says, well, I don't know. Let me check with the wife. And it wasn't the wife back then. And immediately I'm like, well, you got to check with the wife. You can't get a beer. For God's sake. Saturday, let's go. And then you could hear in the background the muffled voices. <laughs> and then I hear, Clary. And then you hear, Clary. And then this this baldish sheep sheepless fuck, this this castrated pussy, comes back on the phone. Well, I can't. We go to hang a pot rack. And and I I I just I said what? What? Wait 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 wait. Say that again. Say that again. I didn't hear that. Did you just say a pot rack? He says, Yeah, we got this pot rack. We've been meaning to hang it for a while. And I, I remember saying, well, can you not postpone the great hanging of the pot rack? No, we got to get it done. Da, da, da. And that's why I knew he was gone. I knew this was, now this was, this was probably second Lieutenant Clary, Cappy, sorry, second Lieutenant Cappy. He wasn't a full captain, but he was an officer. He was starting to pick up on some more strategic things rather than just rank and file, charge that hill type of stuff. And I kind of knew, like, yeah, I'm never going to be hanging out with this guy again. Uh, I mean, I could, but the amount of effort I'd have to put into going to hang out with him and then him getting permission from from the fiancé slash wife uh, was just not – it just was not going to be worth my time and effort because I also had other options. This was back when most of my friends weren't married and we were still free and then were allowed to roam the prairie with the buffalo. 
but I knew, I just knew at that time, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to see this guy probably much more. And then sure enough, they moved out to, what was it, Oregon? Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's just, you, you just know, you just knew. But uh, yeah, that that's what happened. Then they now imagine that to get a beer, you need that permission. My other buddy who needs permission to go and break out a husband jail, and I come along like, hey, I'm in town. No, the girlfriend flying in on the weekend. Nah, yeah, she lets me do this. No, no, I'm crashing here and there. Oh, I can't believe it. What you can't believe a woman let me. Matter of fact, I insisted on, and she accepted that I'm not going to waste this setup that I got and I'm going to travel around and hang out with different intelligent people and I'm going to enjoy the sun during winter? You can't believe that? What what happened to you guys? I feel like the Joker in the Batman movie. What happened to you guys? A year ago, nobody would cross you. And I think I know why you all have your little <clears throat> therapy sessions here. It's because of the Batman. Except it's not the Batman, it's the Bat-Bitch you guys all married. I know. Some of these are very nice women. It's not conscious. It's, it, it is, it is. Because I know a lot of these women, they were nice. They would let their... And then, I don't know what happens. It's their nature, guys. It's their nature. If you don't stop it, what's the only thing going to stop a woman in nature? The trees? The birds? The weather? No, man. Man is the only thing that you shouldn't stop. But you're countering. You're the yin to the yang. You're the balance. Fucking hell, did you see what happened to Ashley Judd? Her speech? That's what happens without an unchecked woman. That's what happens. Well, that's pretty presumptive. Shut up. Oh my god, he told me to shut up. I find him oddly more sexually attractive than I did before. But I don't like you. But no, look, if, if you didn't know, go online. Look at the Ashley Judd. <clears throat> uh, she did a speech at the Quarter Million Woman March. And she's unhinged. That is, that is someone that has not had a man ever tell her no. And I know a guy who personally met her. I kind of went on a date with her. I think it's the same gal. I kind of get her and Scarlett Johansson mixed up. Um, and he was, t- I mean, clueless. She's just out there. Tons of money. Beautiful. No guy tells her no. And that's what happens. You get an unchecked woman. You get a woman that has never had to think about anyone but herself. And that's the result. That is, that is what will happen. Not to all women, of course not. You need millions of dollars. But they go down that path. And, and I can't, you got to listen to the speech or the video to, to really get the context. Maybe even pause to take a look at it. That is what will happen going unchecked. And men will become, well, warmongering uh, uh, Genghis Khans, which we oddly celebrate. <laughs> You need both people. But right now, especially with the assistance of the state, academia, and the media, it has been so heavily skewed towards the female side of things that this is what we have now. you got women with pierced eyebrows, warped hair, illegitimate... I mean, I could go on. You you see the cultural and societal decay. But guy, and, and it's too late now. It's too late now. Right? Not for the younger ones, not for the younger boys. All right, For you guys about to get married, you're still dating, you could, you could hold the line. And I'm not saying we're looking for a societal-wide change. It would be nice if all men united together and said, no, fuck you. Here's the standard sugar. Here are the standard sugar tits. You either adhere to them or you get the fuck out. 
But at least in your own personal life, you know, control your own micro environment, control your personal environment. The woman is going to help you. The woman is going to be a net positive to you. The woman is not going to lead you. The woman is not going to tell you what you can and cannot do. I mean, within reasons, give and take, I understand. But you're going to live your life. You're going to go do what it is. And I don't care who the woman is, your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, your wife, your girlfriend, your fiancé, or your sister. You're saying, I'm going this way. You can support me. You can even say nothing and, and not support me. But the fuck if you're going to get in my way and hinder me. The fuck if you are. I mean, and this doesn't mean you don't help your loved ones. This doesn't mean you don't help your wife. This doesn't mean you don't help your mother or your grandmother. But when all of a sudden they start requiring that you give up your life, you give up your future, just so for their comfort, especially when their lives are over, that's the thing that gets me about the old timers, who again have been brainwashed with, with such a, been brought up in such a pampered bubble. They, they, they lack the ability for altruism and selflessness. Again, not maliciously. I'm, no. Someone's got to tell them no, guys. But then you, you might get yelled at. And we know shame and being yelled at and the girl holding sex away from you. Or if you were stupid enough to load up on debt and have kids, and she might divorce you. Well, there's a big threat. That's true. Just don't let yourself get in that position. All right, let's do a little bit of sponsors here. Uh, the Claire Podcast is brought to you in part by Run Guts Pull Cones. And Pushing Rubber Downhill. Our good friend Adam Piggott, you can go to Pushing Rubber Downhill. He's got a podcast, he's got a blog, and he's got two books. Ron Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. Those are available in paperback and Kindle, and I think one of them is available in audio. Then we have uh, my books. Most recently, Enjoy the Decline. That has a new, really cool cover. Because everyone was bitching about the other cover. Like, we can't, what is this? It's just a picture of a, of a lake with some mountains behind me. Like, I, it's me fishing. Don't you see me there fishing? How bad are your eyes you don't see me fishing there? And I, admittedly, I was way off in the distance so you couldn't see me. So we had a new uh, cover drawn by RJX. Uh, and we also put that in audiobook as well. All right? Uh, so most of my books, except for Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, is available in audio. So if you don't like reading, which I completely understand... Go to audible.com or you can go to amazon.com look at my books. What are the other books you might ask? Well, we have The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. That is an absolute must read if you have to be a young black man or an old black man. You just happen to be a black and you have a penis. Now, if you open it, ah, oh, there's a penis. That book is for you. It is quite simply for black men who demand better. That's all it is. That's how, if you don't like Flint, you don't like Baltimore, you don't like living in the last place, and you demand better, there you go. That book is for you. Uh, the book for all men out there, again, wants to open up your zipper and say, oh, there's a penis. This book is for you guys, regardless of what color that penis may be. Either yellow, brown, or white, he is children in his life. Jesus Christ wants you to read Bachelor Pad Economics. Uh, Bachelor Pad Economics, that is available, paperback, Kindle, and audio. All that on Amazon.com. <clears throat> Worthless, the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. Uh, if you open up your pants, and it doesn't matter what's down there, whether it's a male unit, a female unit, or you mutilated it because you're a transgender and you might have some mental issues, uh, that is for you. 
that is for anyone who's about to go to college, has gone to college, but doesn't know what they want to study, didn't know what they want to study, you're lost in college, you don't know what you want to study, please get that book before you waste any more of your time and the taxpayer's money with student loans that you have absolutely no intention of paying back yourselves. But the bankers are evil. We're much better because we're students. It's different when I steal from the taxpayer. Uh, then we have Curse of the High IQ. That, again, is for everybody, regardless uh, yellow, brown, or white. Uh, we are all equal in his light. Cappy wants you smart people to go and read his books. Uh, that's Curse of the High IQ. And uh, I'm not joking. That book <clears throat> is for everyone who listens to this podcast. Uh, I am not trying to kiss your ass. I really am not. It's, um, if you have mental issues especially, that book has solved more mental issues than thousands of hours of therapists ever did. So uh, go ahead and get Curse of the High IQ again, paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. And then Reconnaissance, man. Thanks a lot for buying that, assholes. <laughs> it's one of the highest rated books I got and one of the least selling. Even The Black Man's Got Out of Poverty, which is targeting not only a minority group, like only, what is it, 12% of the population is black, so 6% is black males. And of those that would have the independent-mindedness to read a book that isn't constantly sucking their dick, telling them it's Whitey's fault. A non-white, blame Whitey book. A book about taking life into your own hands. A book about true, genuine, and hope and a practical solution to escaping poverty that does not rely on blaming Whitey. I mean, you want to talk about a really small sliver of a population of a segment that book was targeted for. That book has more sales than Reconnaissance Man, which was written for a much larger audience. If you are lost in life, I, I wrote it because I looked at what was coming in that asshole consultant. Regardless of age, if you don't know what you want to do, and admit it, if you don't know where you are in life, you don't know what you want to do in life, I came up with the methodology, the thought process, the self-taking of inventory, and ask yourself some very key questions on how to get a roadmap to where you want to be in life. I know that sounds so fucking cheesy. I know that sounds so fucking life coachy. I am not a life coach. Please don't call me that. I know that's technically what I am, but please, I hate that term. I really hate that term because not, not that there's anything wrong with life coaching, but when you look at the people that do it, it's usually people who found Jesus. The reason they're life coaches, let me explain life coaches, all right? Life coaches, most of them are people that majorly fucked up somehow in life recovered, and then tell you how not to fuck up your life like they did yours. Which I admit there are many aspects that the old captain has fucked up his life and many people that are benefiting from the monkey see, monkey don't do principle that I advocate. But it really is like no one else would hire him at the same time too. I don't know how many people, I want to go and life coach like some 21-year-old kid. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you going to, why? I've got some experiences. Same thing with all these dipshit kids that just discovered Return of Kings. Man, dude, I'm a player at 20. Yeah, man, I got, like, laid three times this year. Yeah. Which actually is pretty good. I can't... No. But it's, it certainly doesn't make you an expert. It's like, yeah, wait till one of your pubes go gray. And then, then maybe you go write a book, kid. Right? But that's, that's what life coaching. Anyway, get reconnaissance, man. It is ideally read by people who are in high school. Before they go to college, right? If you don't know what you want to major in college, please get this book. That's really, really the best market to describe who this book is for, is people who don't know what they want to major in college. So if that's you, and there's got to be millions of people, please 
either get that book for yourself or get it for somebody who's about to go to college and they don't know what they're doing. You get them that book and worthless, by God, would their lives be a lot better. But if you're also 50 and you just got divorced and you don't know what you want to do in life, a lot of guys also coming out of the military, that's another really like, oh, geez, I've been in the military the entire time. What do I do now? Get this fucking book. Um, and then we have uh, all my other books. We have Captain Capitalism, Top Shelf, and Captain Capitalism Reserved. Those are the best of posts from my blog. Uh, so you can get those on paperback and Kindle. They're not an audiobook. <clears throat> we also have uh, Chris Muir's cartoon, DayByDayCartoon.com. Go to DayByDayCartoon.com and visit our good friend Chris Muir and get your daily dose of political funny haha. And then the uh, audio recording services of JimFear138.blogspot.com and UndertowAudio.com. Both of these gentlemen are good, they're professional, and uh, they're affordable too. That's assuming they're not already too busy with their own recording. That's why I have two of them. Oh, aren't you advertising? Yes, I am. I like competition. I like them both to know that I could... It's like women. It's like women. If one girl thinks you only got, oh, I got him, oh, but then there's three. Oh, do they fight over you? I'm joking, guys. But yeah, it is actually competition. But... Go there, jimfear138.blogspot.com, undertowaudio.com. Good, professional, quick, affordable voice recording professionals. So if you need voice acting work, you need a book read, you want to convert to audio, <clears throat> these guys know how to do it. Uh, and then what else? Um, oh, and then Elkin CPA. Go to elkincpa.com. Uh, Chad Elkins, we all know Chad. Uh, he, he's uh, the most exciting accountant in the world. Which isn't saying much. Uh, but he's uh, it's tax season, guys. It's tax season, and Chad would like your business as long as you are not a fuck-up. Uh, so uh, if you are looking to have someone do your taxes, and you file your taxes on time, you do not file extensions, please contact Chad at elkincpa.com. Let him know the old captain sent you. He also has a new service. <clears throat> Let's say you already have an accountant, or you do your own taxes. But you're not sure if you did your taxes the best you could. Chad will take a look at your tax return and see if you are doing things right. It's a very quick service. It's just like inspecting your car. Like, okay, oh, no, you could probably use a cold air intake over here. Uh, You're missing a muffler. Uh, He will take a look. He'll look under the hood of your taxes. And for, uh, I don't know what he charges, but for not a lot of money, even if it's $100 for him to take a look at it for an hour, He'll, he, you'll probably save yourself two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000. A lot of times, a lot of people are not aware of how much tax ret- uh, uh, write-offs they can get. They, they, they don't, you guys don't know the tax code. Neither do I. That's, and I, even I use this system. I'm like, okay, I know I do my taxes. I know I'm a little bit on top of it. Take a look at this, Chad. And for 100 bucks, he looked under the hood. He says, hey, you're doing pretty good because you, of course, are a genius. Uh, but now I know I'm a genius. I know I'm doing my taxes right. Really, and it's not just that one year. For that hundred bucks, you might save three, four, five thousand dollars every year in taxes. So please go have them look under the hood for your uh, tax returns. Contact Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com. Now listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? I uh, I gotta admit, I'm not a big Trump's fan. Or I wasn't a big Trump fan, but he's winning me over. And this is. This is an observation the old captain should have seen coming, but frankly, he was so tuned out of politics, he didn't care. Uh, The past week, last week, not this one. This week, Lord knows how many more executive actions 
Trump. He's probably signed 16 already. Uh, but this is from a day ago, <clears throat> USA Today. President Trump's executive actions, the complete list so far. Uh, this is uh, Friday, January 20th. What, he did three. Uh, Proclamation 9570, National Day of Patriotic Devotion. As one of the first official acts, President Trump declared in his inauguration day to be a National Day of Patriotic Devotion. The tradition goes back to President George H.W. Bush, but Trump's proclamation was less personal and more nationalistic than his predecessors. Of course, it's coming from USA Today, so keep in mind, you know, they're going to spin it. Uh, Executive Order 13765, minimizing the economic burden of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Trump's first executive order was as much a messaging document as a policy-making one, emphasizing Trump administration to seek the repeal of health insurance law known as Obamacare. While the order was vague about what specific measures the administration will take, using the phrase to the maximum extent permitted by the law three times, it suggests that federal agencies give states, insurance companies, and consumers the maximum amount of flexibility in complying with the law. Uh, the next one, Memorandum for Heads of Executive Departments and Agencies. The regulatory freeze memo is not technically a presidential action. Following tradition, the memo came from the new president's chief of staff, Reince Priebus. Reince? Reince? Priebus? But it had the same force and effect as if the president signed it. An immediate halt to the publication of any new regulations. The freeze lifts when Trump's nominees to lead agencies are confirmed by the Senate. <clears throat> the White House Office of Management and Budget may make exceptions for health, safety, financial. Sounds like winning all over, guys. And, and apolitical, I might add, too. Only, I know, I know you environmentalists are all upset that we're not just going to regulate to death businesses and... <clears throat> you you say millennial idiots that can't find out where's the jobs manager and then like you're all blaming corporations for all the evil in the world and that uh, no there's no there's no regulation you don't like but then you don't understand how regulation might deter a business from setting up shop here uh, Monday January 23rd withdrawal of the United States from the Trans Pacific Partnership. Uh, another one, Mexico City policy. The Mexico City policy, known to critics as the global gag rule, was a Reagan-Bush policy that restricted the use of foreign aid money to support family planning organizations that promote abortion. I don't care – really, I, I don't care about abortion. Matter of fact, the more I think about it, the more I'm pro-abortion. Uh, but I'm not for paying other countries' people's abortion. So there's that. Uh, there's another presidential memorandum for hiring freeze. Presidential Memorandum for the Construction of the Keystone XL Pipeline, a, con- a Memorandum for the Construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline, a, construct- a Memorandum for the Construction of American Pipelines, that's the one to use American Steel, uh, Expediting Environmental Reviews and Approvals for High Priority Infrastructure Projects, Streamlining Permitting and Reducing Regulatory Burdens for Domestic Manufacturing. Right there, that helps out the left, that helps out you Democrat guys, you union guys. We got rid of manufacturing. It took your jobs. You know, Clinton outsourced everything to China and Mexico. You know, remember NAFTA? Remember the Clinton saying, oh, here, have our rocket technology? We're in the jobs. Well, now they're back. They're, Trump's trying to get them back. And it wasn't It wasn't a, a, a Republican that sent them overseas. And it wasn't a Republican that's trying to get them back. I'm sorry, it wasn't a Democrat trying to get them back. It was a Republican trying to get them back. <clears throat> National School Choice Week. Trump proclaimed the week January 22nd as National School Choice Week. Though the proclamation was entirely ceremonial, Trump is the first president to ever proclaim this week, which sponsored by a coalition of charter, magnet, private, online, and homeschools. There, see? You get choice. Now now all you uh, poor minority families uh, who are stuck with the public schools where 
lesser minority families send their ill-raised children to shoot and rape and kill yours, now you might be able to raise them and get a better education. Border security and immigration enforcement improvements. This was the Build the Wall executive order directing the Customs and Border Patrol to secure the southern border of the United States through the immediate construction of a physical wall on the southern border. It also directs the hiring of 5,000 more Border Patrol officers. The order does not specify how the wall would be paid for, but it does request a report on all U.S. foreign aid to Mexico over the last five years. Uh, enhancing public safety in the interior of the United States. Complementing the border wall, this executive order applies to immigration enforcement in the interior and specifically targets so-called sanctuary cities by cutting off their federal funding. The order also expands the enforcement priorities in, other, in order to give immigration officers almost unlimited discretion in instituting deportation proceedings to include any non-citizen not yet charged with a crime, <clears throat> but who, in the judgment of an immigration officer, possesses a risk to public safety or national security. So, look, I know this is a foreign concept to you, Americas, because you've been so brainwashed by, by uh, the public schools and your, your colleges and the media. <clears throat> He's putting Americas first. He's putting you first. We, my mom used to have this saying, we, hey, can Jimmy come over? Did he eat? We're like, I don't, I don't know. We didn't really ask him. I'm not feeding the neighborhood. And that pertains to today. We're the United States. And everyone just thinks they could come here and eat. And they can because we've had Democrats and women voting predominantly to just say, they care about the children that aren't even mine. I care about people so much. Hobby, get your checkbook out and pay for other people's children because I need to feel good. I need the feels. Um, but anyway, I know this is a foreign concept of sovereignty, that this is a motherfucking nation, and we have every motherfucking right to protect our borders and let who we do and do not want in this country. Uh, it keeps going. Executive order protecting the nation from foreign terrorist entry into the United States. This is the one where we're lead, uh, he's banning immigration. Uh, what is it? Ban on entry from seven countries for 90 days. These include Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. Oh, what is Minneapolis going to do without all those Somalis coming in? Um, he provides some exceptions for people who are persecuted, like actual genuine refugees, not just people. I'm bored. I want to live off of the stupid white people who are stupid enough to go and work hard. Oh, and wait, by the way, they've been diversifying this entire time. So it's not only the stupid white people. It's the student of blacks, Hispanics, and Asians, and, well, pretty much everybody over there who's working a job so I can live off of their hammock. They don't care what your color is. They care as long as you are working and making the color green. Uh, ethics Commission by Executive Branch, uh, Organization on the National Security Council and Homeland Security Council, plan to defeat the Islamic State of Iraq. Reducing, oh, executive order, reducing regulation and controlling regulatory costs. Trump's so-called one-in, two-out executive order would require agencies to rescind two existing regulations for every one new regulation. Bravo. Bravo. And that the regulatory costs of those new regulations balance out. The order would also tighten the president's grip on the regulatory process by giving each agency um, – and that's, that's quote, it <clears throat> for this week. Now, the most shocking thing is just how much work – it's been a week, guys. It's been one fucking week. And this president has done more than any one of you motherfucking alive or dead, cocksucking, limp dick presidents. On both sides, I might add. 
Democrat and Republican, but the Republicans should be particularly ashamed because it proved just what a bunch of pussies and pushovers and cowards you Republicans are. I mean the professional ones, not people who vote Republican or identify as Republican. I'm talking the, quote, professionals. I'm talking our politicians who are Republican. You ball of sacks of wimps and pussies. You fucking faggots. I mean, I, I kind of knew this already, but I didn't know how bad it was when I went to Republican meetings and Tea Party meetings and realizing just what a bunch of incompetent motherfuckers you fucking losers are. At least the Democrats have hustle. At least they show the fuck up on time. This is why they run circles around you. And I don't know how the fucking Republic made it this far with you limp dick faggoty motherfuckers out there over in D.C. and the state and the, and the county and the city. And to me, this proves we got to get... We, got, we just got to flush out all the Republicans. Not Tea Party. The Tea Parties, are, they're, they're chock full of the exact same incompetent fucks uh, that the Republicans are. We need, we need people like Trump. We need someone who is in the private sector. And this is the other thing. Like, look, this, you shouldn't be surprised. And this is the thing that I should have seen coming with Trump. For all of his faults, for all of his demeanor problems, behavior, for all of even like, oh, did he really make money? You know, he filed for bankruptcy with different, and I was suspicious and, and kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. For all of these problems, even a marginally successful businessman, some would say highly successful, we don't know, even a marginally successful businessman or woman is better than your best politician because he's worked in the real world. I said it before and I'll say it again. The last time we had a non-politician as president was Eisenhower. I don't know the last time we had a private sector executive. Maybe that was George Washington, but a private sector executive as president. Because Eisenhower was public sector. He was the military. Now, granted, that's the most productive and the most honorable public sector job out there, and he did very well. But an actual private sector individual and an executive... It almost makes you think, well, what do you think was going to happen? You think you think Donald Trump was going to wake up like Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama and like, well, I'm going to have my coffee and I'm going to go meet these dignitaries. I'm going to, they, they actually, you know, they play president. It's like they play Barbie. That's what Hillary Clinton would have done in the White House. Like, oh, my God, look at that. They'd be into all the processions, all the ceremonies, all the pomp and circumstance, but not the work. Trump on day motherfucking one went right to work. You want to know why? Because he's from the private sector and he is a goddamn executive. And what do executives do? They execute. That motherfucker has a to-do list. And that to-do list was all those presidential orders. The, and, it, and it shows he did what he really did. He did more in one week than George Bush did in eight years. And his dad did in four. Maybe not as much as Obama did in eight years. Obama, he, he, he had a little bit of a hustle because he's an ideologue and want to drag it to it. Thank God we're going to drag it right back to the right. And I'm fully aware that Trump just signing these orders, I, you know, we don't have a dictatorship. Uh, we, have, we have a legislature. That, you know, there's going to be vetoes. There's going to be battles. Already there's judges and the ACLU filing. And th- Okay, fine. And Trump, if he's savvy enough, will simply go around them. He'll word things differently. And it'll just be like, fuck you. I mean, you know, things could get tied up in court while he could keep building the wall. <clears throat> he can do things that don't require a wall uh, that, you know, will still have the same effect of, of having an actual border, which I know you guys don't like. Uh, but the point is the man 
did what he said he was going to. This guy, I mean, what was his 100-day pledge? He's almost done with it in a week ahead of schedule, which is a foreign concept to you public sector and you politician type people. But he, he's, he's simply a businessman. He says, I'm going to deliver X. The man has already delivered X. And he's already delivered X to the point that he can. Now it's going to be up to Congress and the judicial system as to whether or not they're going to omnibus and add a ton of shit and complicate it, which I'm sure the Republicans and the Democrats will do, uh, obfuscating it further, or they're going to bog it down in the courts. But the man is already he's already accomplished more and delivered more than any president since I can even remember. I haven't studied the presidencies, but certainly in my, my life, he has done more in a week than most of these assholes do in two fucking terms. I mean, and this is just week one. <laughs> well, we got 52 weeks a year. He's in for four. Um, was it 200? Yeah, 50 times four. Two. He's got 200 weeks more. <laughs> Assuming vacation time and all that. I... Uh, they're not going to be able to keep up with him. He's going to bum-rush the left. I mean, no, what I really wish he would do, I've, I've had this kind of, well, not this strategy, but I have all these ideas that if I ever took the time to put them together would result in a devastating strategy against the left where you attack them on all fronts and then George Soros can only send half a bus of protesters to each thing and you also cut their funding because it comes from the government. I mean, the, the key thing would be you cut funding, uh, we will no longer, the taxpayer will no longer back up uh, students who attend the liberal arts. All right, We don't lend out for liberal arts degrees, only STEM and IT. Well, that right there cuts all these professors' funding. Then they got to go get real. The, the trick is to get them to go get real jobs so they're not out there constantly bitching and whining and being astroturf and tricking the rest of the stupid fucking Republican politicians and going, oh, my God, we, see, we're Democrats too. We, instead of 98, instead of like 110% of what you want, we're going to give you 98. And then they're still called a racist. But you cut off... Any NGO funding, you cut off grants. You you let these you let them die on the vine. You cut off their resources and you make it so they don't have time to protest. They don't have time to shut down interstates because they're hungry. Because they need to go get food and they need to go get real jobs. But that, that would that's just what old President Clary would do. But he's doing well enough. He's he's certainly attacking on all fronts and now. Oh, the ACLU and this and that. Everyone's freaking out. But at least you got them running. At least you got them going scared. And now they gotta, they're got they going to have to triage and prioritize which one's more important until Trump just dumps a whole bunch of new executive orders, starts passing new laws. You're going to spread them so thin that you're going to bog the entire leftist Democrat machine down. And if you're smart, if you're really fucking smart, and I hope Trump or whoever's in command over there, his advisors, if, if, well, I'm hoping they are, is they'd also cut funding. They're going to cut uh, uh, in, in two main forms. <clears throat> and be, be aware, this is not education. The federal government cuts funding for grants and NGOs, right? And they'll bring, oh my God, you hate the poor. Shut the fuck up. We're beyond that. And, and just charge right through. We don't care what you call right? Fine, call us a racist, a bigot. Like what? You weren't going to call us that anyway? That's all you got. Just cut the funding for NGOs, nonprofits, no government grants, right? You cut off academic research, you cut cut it all off, and then you do not fund students, you do not back up the loans for people who major in the liberal arts. 
And you you lop off, not the head, what's the word? <clears throat> you cut the lifeblood off for, for probably the two largest tanks, the two largest engines of the Democrat Party, academia and nonprofits. And then those fuckers got to live in the private sector. They got to go get real jobs. And they're not spending their time fucking bitching and whining. And that's the other thing. You could just ignore them. <clears throat> you could, well, and there's another, Trump's already doing that now with the media. Just ignore them. <laughs> just undercut them that way. Uh, no, I'm not going to go, uh, no, I'm not talking to CNN. No, I'm going to go to Twitter. I'm going to go on YouTube. It's going to be huge. That's another way. You can, you can, you can, uh, not emasculate, eviscerate. You can unicize. What is it? You can castrate the media there, knocking out the third major party of engine of the uh, Democrat Party. It's it just, it's just great. And here's the thing: another great thing about Trump, he's got zero fucks to give. This guy has been a billionaire more or less his entire life. The guy's achieved everything. This is a pay cut for this guy. This guy's doing it on principle and boredom, which ought to freak the hell out of the left because he's not looking to get reelected. Matter of fact, I bet you he's going to regret being president because he makes a hell of a lot more running his empire, and it's a lot more fun. Fucking babysitting, you goddamn cunty little spoiled brat Americans, you fucking sheep, being called a racist. I mean, God almighty, I wouldn't run for president. If I ran for president, you'd have to pay me billions. To sacrifice, you know, and this guy doesn't, I got what, maybe 30, 40 years of life left. This guy doesn't have that many years left. So maybe he's just doing it for fun and because he has zero fucks to give. He's going to run the presidency how well he wants. He's not going to have a bunch of spoiled little brat millennials and age fucking hippies and stupid like, oh, maybe I'm finally getting my head out of the ass, Gen Xers. Oh, wait, working hard is difficult. I got a mortgage and children. Wait a minute, I got to think? Watching my generation slowly, ever so slowly, get its head out of its ass. No, this is going to be, if anything, at minimum, and this is all I have, the hopes and expectations of Trump. All I want is entertainment. I was talking to my stepdad. He, he didn't watch the news for the longest time, because why would you? There's no reason to watch the news. It's biased, it's leftist, it doesn't, then nothing new. Oh, you're a white male and you're like, oh, fuck yourself, I don't care anymore. Now, my stepdad, he's like, yeah, I might actually watch the State of the Union address. And it's not even because my, my stepdad was always into politics, and he's the one that kind of unplugged me from the Matrix. He said, have you ever thought about this? I'm like, no, I haven't. And then that's all it took, and I went down. This was like in the fourth or fifth grade. Uh, and he used to be very much into politics, and then he just doesn't care because why would you? He knows how to enjoy the decline. But now, not because of an interest in politics, but because it's going to be entertaining. He's... He was like, yeah, I think I might go watch the news. I might see what... Not CNN. No, don't watch CNN. No, no, there's no more... Uh, uh, what's his name? John Stewart. There's no more The Tonight Show. Or not The Tonight Show. The Daily Show. Uh, that, that's No, we're not going to watch that. We're not watching This Week in Washington. It's just basically tune into Twitter. Tune into YouTube. See what President Trump has got to say. It's, it's just great. It's just great just for the entertainment value alone. And if, if even half of this stuff sticks, by gosh, you, you might actually be able to live in the United States and not worry about financial collapse. We might actually be able to grow ourselves to the point that, that the 
budget might balance itself, that we're not accruing any more debt. We might actually be able to grow ourselves to the point that debt to GDP goes back to manageable levels. This, Listen, millennials, guys, we might, if, if Trump gets it where he can have that money come in from overseas, that $2 trillion, and we lower, I know, I know this, this is economics and you guys don't know the difference between capitalism and socialism, but if Trump is allowed to get businesses, manufacturing, and investment, $2 trillion overnight, invested back into the United States, and here's the key thing, listen up, and they know it's going to be a long-term low interest rate, meaning they'll invest long-term. You know what comes with that? Those jobs that you are so educated and trained for. And we're not talking the shitty ones. We're talking probably higher-paying ones than you slinging coffee. But I know, I know... That requires too much thought. I, what was it? I was listening to Cynical Libertarian. Sin Lib Soch. All the abbreviated. Cynical Libertarian Society. But abbreviated. Sin Lib Soch. He had a... Um, he was... He had some... Uh, radio segment. Some radio excerpt. He was live criticizing. Where these two millennials were... T- Let's talk about... What else would millennials talk about? Ourselves! We did a poll about ourselves because we're the future. And I can't wait till what, Gen Y or whatever is behind the millennials so that these assholes get out of the limelight. <clears throat> I remember a decade, 15 years ago, it was all about Gen X, but we're such a small generation. We kind of went away immediately like one owner rider. I can't wait for the next generation, the post 9-11 generation to come here because then we don't have to listen to you guys masturbate about yourselves. What do we mean? What about ourselves? What do we stand for? Who are we? What defines... Fuck you. Laziness, sloth, and parasitism. That's what defines you guys. So they're talking about how when they polled millennials, we say, do you want the private sector to own businesses? Do you want businesses to make decisions? Or do you want the government? Do you want to command control of me by the government? Like, two to one. 67%. Oh, no, we, we want we want businesses. We don't want the government to determine that. Like, okay. Then they ask, well, do you like socialism or capitalism? And then it's like 60% of them want socialism. It's like, you fucking uneducated idiots. You, 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 this is the ignorance. Just like we talked about in the previous segment about how men forgetting to tell women no and there's the door. You idiots, you uneducated, ignorant morons are going to pay a price much worse than your, your wife or mom or grandmother wanting to keep a house that can't be afforded. And that is, you're going to vote. You vote in Democrats who are socialists, You just don't, which means government control, by the way. I know you millennials are, are you're the most educated generation ever. Who are we and what are we? Oh my God, we're just so educated and the rest of the world just doesn't understand how brilliant and amazing we are. <laughs> you idiots don't know that socialism means government controlling everything. Oh, it does? I mean, really, just switching that vocabulary term and your your politics, the way you vote. Maybe that's something Trump and the Republicans, if I, now again, if I was a Republican consultant, and I'm not because I'm not paid, and I also have balls, and I have two hemispheres for a brain, which means I'm too qualified to be a Republican consultant, I would target that. I would go on an education camp. It's called public service announcements. And I don't know if you notice this with MTV and media. Uh, people are programmable, and they're dumber than fuck. 
And if you Republicans in the managerial class of the Republican Party, who are also dumber than fuck, might get a little aggressive and get a little creative, then maybe I should just sell my services directly to the Republican Party. Oh, anyway. All right, so that's uh, there. Oh, another little tidbit of news. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? All right, get ready for this shit show. Uh, two articles that are related from USA Today as well. Delete, hashtag delete Uber Trump ban stirs lift to ACLU donation as Uber takes heat. Guess where the old captain's going to go on this one. Uber's actions during President Trump's immigration ban Saturday stirred an impromptu wave of people deleting the ride-hailing app from their phones while the company's chief rival made a donation to fight the blockade. Uber angered some users by temporarily canceling surge pricing for rides from New York's JFK airport, which taxi drivers were briefly boycotting to voice their opposition to Trump's inhumane and unconstitutional actions. So basically... Uber is going to capitalize on, well, uh, taxi cabs, a, a cartel, a uh, outdated competitor. They're going to capitalize on it. And this, this is not political. It's like, well, if you're not going to, we will. We will show you that we're more reliable. Of course, since the taxi cab riders were drivers were boycotting because of Trump's ban on the various terrorist-sponsored countries, uh, they, that doesn't seem to matter. But they, 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 that's what, oh, you're Islamophobic. We're going to show in solidarity, blah, blah, blah. All right. Surge pricing has been turned off at JFK Airport. This may result in longer wait times. Please be patient. Uber's New York City co- operation said Saturday night on Twitter. Angry users viewed the move, now notice, viewed the move as a bid to undercut taxi drivers who voluntarily relinquished lucrative fares to join the protest against the temporary detention of foreigners who were denied entry into the U.S. after arriving on planes. An Uber spokeswoman said that she did not know how many people had deleted Uber from their phones. We're sorry for any confusion about our earlier tweet. It was not meant to break up any strike. We wanted people to know that we could, they could use Uber to get to and from JFK at normal prices, especially last night, the company said in a statement. They're just trying to make money, people. They're capitalizing on a strike. That's all they're doing. Hours after the controversy popped, fierce rival Lyft announced as early as Sunday that it would donate $1 million to the American Civil Liberties Union, which is battling Trump's ban on travelers from certain primarily Muslim countries. Right there. Right there. Now, I know, as is usually the theme, but I'll, I'll change my tone when, when I start seeing Republicans grow some testes. And it could be mustard seed t- testes. It could be mustard seed size. Well, you get some. All of you should be deleting Lyft. <clears throat> from your phone, and only using Uber. You should be shopping at Walmart, not Costco, because Costco always donates to Democrats. Walmart does not. You should never shop at Arby's. You should always go to McDonald's, because Arby's always donates to Democrats. You should be going with Android and not Apple. And you should be going with Black Rifle Coffee and not Starbucks. But I know, I know... 95% 95% of you Republicans, and this is not just the political professionals, but the rank and file of you, those of you who claim to vote Republican, I know 95% of you are pussies. Oh, boycotting would be inconvenient. I just like Target. It's just so convenient. But, you know, I'd like to see Lyft lose all their conservative base. It would be nice if we all acted in unison. A lot of problems would go away, but, you know, that would take effort and we'd have to sacrifice and be inconvenienced in our life. 
after the controversy picked up steam, Uber announced Saturday afternoon that it had set up a $3 million, $3 million legal fund for immigrant drivers and asked Trump to cancel the travel ban. See, so then Uber collapses as well. They cave. So who, who are you going to go with? Nobody, now. Now it's just like, oh, both of you hate Americans. What a, what a rush. They can't rush fast enough to suck the dick of leftists. You guys cannot rush fast enough to, to do this virtue signaling uh, uh, bullshit. Your marketing masquerading as virtue signaling. That's all it is. I, I wish, here's, here's an idea, this would just be asshole consulting's advice to the Fortune 500 companies. Why don't you stay the fuck out of politics? But then you won't insult anyone. You know, like, I, I, at Asshole Consulting, we really don't discriminate against, there's no politics involved. Your left is fucked up, we'll help you out. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. Right? But apparently, again, this is a testament to that there's just a lack. Look, you got a great IT idea, but there are no new business ideas. No new business management ideas. All you guys have is let's divide and placate. It's kind of like divide and conquer. You take a book from the uh, 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 a page from the book of the Democrats. Oh, we divide, but instead of conquering, pitting them against each other, we then divide and we placate to that individual group. Meanwhile, not realizing you're alienating a bunch of other groups. I understand though that certainly those on the left uh, or, or companies that are on the left. You are right that the Republicans and the conservatives will just take it up the ass. You could say, we are donating to North Korea, and we love Fidel Castro, and we're going to donate to the Hillary Fund. Like Starbucks, that's a perfect example. And Republican, especially the females who quote a Republican in name only uh, because their husbands tell them, uh, they'll go and still buy at Starbucks. Uh, the Target over in the WBL, which is predominantly Republican. I still see the parking lot a little bit full. You guys, you just have no self-respect. But it'd just be an idea that maybe you stay the fuck out of politics. And here's another thing. When something happens on the internet, realize if it goes viral, it's not necessarily the majority of people. Just because it's going, you don't have to jump every time something happens on the internet, even if it goes viral. Do you guys remember the name of that uh, doctor, or sorry, dentist that shot Cecil the Lion? Remember Cecil the Lion? Do you remember the doctor right now, or the dentist right now? Could you even boycott that dentist if you wanted to? Because you don't remember their name. You'd have to look him up. That guy is probably making more money in the long run because people are like, fuck that. He shot the lion, all that bullshit that he went through. I'm going to subscribe with it. I'm going to go over there. I'm getting my teeth cleaned by that guy. It's the same thing here. This will blow over. If you guys would think long term, and come up with a better, more mature, more reliable, more intelligent long-term business growth strategy, you're going to ignore this petty drama and bullshit. Democrats and liberals and social justice warriors are going to bitch and whine and make a mountain out of a molehill. But you guys, because you, you, you think digitally it's a mountain, you don't realize it's a molehill. Oh my God, it's got 3,000 votes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it'll go away by tomorrow. Uh, after the controversy picked up steam, Uber now Saturday, da, 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 so they caved. Microsoft, Uber, Apple, Google. Oh, no, that's just a link to another article. The company had come under fire for the JFK policy and for CEO Travis Kalanick's original statement offering mild criticism for the ban, but not directly condemning it. See, so he already criticized it, but that's not enough. That's not enough. 
You either join us or die. Now, who's the tyrants? Who do you really want to belong to? And then Travis and pals over at Uber's, you know, they just, okay, fine. We're sorry. We'll we'll do what you want. Just like the Republican. Wait, hey, Travis, what's it like being a ballless Republican? Supplicating and placating to the Democrats all the time. Well, I really kind of disagree with that. You didn't, you didn't kill Trump. Oh my gosh, if you didn't kill Trump, then you're not one of us. You know, and you need to die too. Oh yeah. This, <laughs> this all or nothing. How is it working with the left, Travis? How, how is it? How, did, did, did that work out? Did that work out? Maybe you just should have shut the fuck up. Asshole Consulting cons- gets, gets consulting contract with Uber. Tells Uber to shut the fuck up and provide rides to people. Asshole Consulting charges $1.8 million. Best $1.8 million, says Travis Kalanick, Uber CEO. Uh, Uber said Saturday afternoon that it will urge the government to reinstate the right of U.S. residents to travel, which which Trump did not ban. If you are a U.S. resident, you have the right to travel, whatever their country of origin, immediately. Yeah, okay. If you're a resident here legally, you can do that. Earlier, Lyft aggressively assailed the Trump policy, which bans citizens of several primarily Muslim countries from entering the U.S. for 90 days, banning people of a particular faith or creed, race or identity, sexuality or ethnicity from entering the United States is antithetical to both Lyft and our nation's core value. Look, look at the, yeah, said Lyft co-founders John Zimmer and Logan Green. Look at these hypocrites, these fraud. They're they're lying to you. You left us know that. You know they're just lying to you. It's like, look, we're going green. Here, let me show you. You can't see them. Here. I have two bags of oatmeal. That's one bag of oatmeal. That's organic. Now, here's the one that's not organic. Can you tell the difference? No, but you'll buy the one because it's got... I just claimed it's organic. It's organic. It's green. Okay. And now, you idiots, you, it really is a testament to how worthless and, and shallow and hollow your lives are that you're going to go and get a, a taxi cab ride simply because they say, not that they believe it, they just say. They just tell you, like Target says, we're going to allow whatever people want to use for whatever bathroom because we're just so good people. I'm going to shop at Target because I believe in that. Fine, fine. It's a fucking taxi cab ride. If that gizzles your goozle, that gets you to, 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 to shoot your wad because not only are you get a taxi cab ride, but I'm fighting oppression. No, you're not. You're not. These guys just lied to you. They don't believe a fucking word of it. Because right there, there's the lying statement. Now listen, banning people of a particular faith or creed, race or identity, sexuality or ethnicity from entering the United States is antithetical to both lifts and our nation's core values. It's antithetical to mine. Absolutely. Trump didn't do that. Trump banned people who are a threat. That's who he banned. It's temporary. It's 90 days. I mean, my God. I mean, do you remember uh, Orlando? Do you guys remember that? Do you remember September 11th? You know, Trump isn't doing this for shits and giggles. He's not doing it because he hates Muslims. He's doing it because there's a threat. And we have to do a better job of assessing it. I mean... Oh, oh, but Quebec, but Quebec. Yeah, okay, that one guy happened to be white. Great, thank you. Okay, there's that one. Okay, white guys won. Uh, Muslim terrorists, uh, what, 19,000 since 9-11? However many terrorist attacks have been uh, occurring? 
Uh, we stand firmly against these actions and will not be silent. I now quit jerking off to yourself. Uh, in a mini essay on Saturday night on Facebook addressing Trump's actions, Kalanick did not address the delete Uber movement or JFK right policy, but he pledged to address the matter Friday. Then a pre-scheduled meeting with the president. Oh, my God. He said Uber would compensate any affected drivers who are stuck outside the U.S. for three months due to Trump's actions. Well, then why don't they have their, their ID and their, their papers in order? Honest to God. This, this is Trump's fault? This is Uber's fault? That, that, that the people that Uber employs, people who drive for Uber, don't have their fucking papers in order? You know, I go to Mexico, I make sure I got the car insurance that I need to drive down there. I make sure I got my, my, uh, my uh, passport. I make sure I don't overstay my welcome. I mean, it's racist to indicate that other people can't. <laughs> that you can't, it's kind of the argument like, oh, you can't get an ID because, oh, blacks and women and, and old people are too stupid to get IDs. That's why we can't have voter ID because they're too stupid. That's what the left is saying. Actually, the left is, that's what they're implying. But you guys keep voting it. You guys keep voting for it no matter how much they spit in your face. He had, and I understand that many people internally and externally may not agree with that decision, and that's okay. It's the magic of living in America. Okay, I don't care. I don't give a shit. So, you got Uber and Lyft just racing, just tripping over themselves to virtue signal to what is a much smaller market, a loud but very small market of agitated extremist leftists. And that's my old captain's opinion that you're, you're just going to fail. Now, uh, related. And again, we see this is why companies should not enter politics. But Starbucks CEO is he he just can't Howard Schultz can't keep his his dick out of out of politics. He just he's so and trust you me, he is going to retire. He's stepping down as CEO. He's going to run for office. Because this guy has nothing better. He just he just cannot avoid it. He's attracted to it like a moth in a flame. Uh Starbucks, oh I'm sorry, this is a different article. Trump supporters threatened to boycott Starbucks. Over CEOs promised to hire 10,000 refugees. Now, right off the bat, see, Trump makes the ban. And because, again, we lack any new ideas. We lack any new and good ideas in, uh, in, in modern-day business, in, in, in corporate management. I mean, these are our best. These are Harvard-graduated, educated, they're CEOs, they're just so intelligent. Uh, the best they can do is do the exact same thing that Uber and Lyft are doing, and that is shoot themselves in their own foot by trying to align and capitalize on politics, always criticizing the right. Always, they, they go with the left. They will endorse the politically correct leftist position because they know the right have no balls and they will not boycott, except now they did. Except now the CEO or the Starbucks stepped over a line again like they did. Let's have a conversation about race. Look that up when they give cups of coffee and they say, let's have a conversation about race. Because that's what everybody wants at Starbucks. They don't want their fucking coffee. They want to talk about race. On Sunday, Starbucks CEO <clears throat> CEO uh, Howard Schultz disclosed that the coffee giant would be hiring 10,000 refugees worldwide over the next five years, a direct response to Donald Trump's executive order barring immigrants, including refugees from seven country, countries from entering the United States. Right? So, one, this isn't a big deal. He's talking about globally, worldwide. Starbucks has coffee stores pretty much everywhere. So to hire someone who's, quote, a refugee in a foreign country is not a big deal. Hiring them in the United States might be some kind of, like, stand. 
But this, the, guys, do you not see the virtue signaling? And by guys, I mean you leftists. Do you not see the blatant lying virtue signaling here? They, they don't, they just want to make money. They just want you leftists to part even more so. Now, of course, the article is about how there's a boycott now response to this, which is, again, why companies shouldn't stick their dicks in politics. Uh, But here we go. Trump supporters took to social media soon after denouncing Schultz and threatened to boycott the brand, claiming that the company is giving away jobs that could be filled by Americans or American veterans. However, not all of the proposed jobs will be in the United States. Starbucks operates in more than 75 countries around the world. Exactly. So this was this was a hollow virtue signaling. This was like, we're going to hire these people anyway, but since you uh, dedicated them or identified them as refugees, you were hoping to get uh, uh, extra money from leftists. We're going to buy it from your store anyway. Oh, except for those that burned it down in the Trump protests and right in Washington, D.C., which is funny as hell. It's just the fakeness. It's just all the fakeness. Wish you people could see that. The company said that initial hiring efforts will begin in the U.S. and will focus on individuals who served in the military as interpreters and support personnel. Oh, why would you hire the, the combat vets? Oh, fuck that. Interpreters. Ah, look, if you're an interpreter or support personnel, I'm not deba- – you know, thank you for your service and everything – but why would you delineate or discern between, you know, interpret? Why why wouldn't you just say military vets? Why would you say we're going to focus on interpreters and support personnel? Why? In addition, Starbucks, which vowed in 2013 to hire at least 10,000 veterans and military spouses by 2018, has already hired more than 5,500 veterans and military spouses as of 2015. Supporters of Starbucks and Schultz countered the hashtag boycott Starbucks with the hashtag. Drink Starbucks. Oh, you clever, witty people. Representatives from Starbucks did not immediately respond to CNBC's request for a comment. I, I don't... Do you, do you guys really have time for this? Do you CEOs have time for this petty... This petty Twitter battle? This petty Twitter drama? Virtue signaling is not a long-term viable or intelligent strategy. It's based on leftist stupid people who already shop at your place at risk of alienating an albeit emasculated, ballless, bend over, willing to have you rape them up the ass, Republican conservative population. But that population is waking up. Right? Trump, Trump uh, better or worse, he is waking up the right, saying it's all right to tell people to fuck off. And maybe, maybe, you know, it's, it's my dream, I hope. I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe, you know, when it comes to Starbucks, not Starbucks, when it comes to Uber and Lyft, I mean, that's the choice of lesser, lesser evils. It's like, do you go with Lyft, which is hardcore leftist, or do you go with Uber, which is a supplicating, ballless, sackless wonder? I guess you got to go with Uber because they at least did initially are, are bending over to, like, worship at the altar of let's bring terrorists in. Uh, but at least with Starbucks, there you got to you go Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee, guys, that's where you go. Get your coffee, brew it indoors. And if you got to go out and get coffee, don't go to Starbucks. Take your Uber and go to the local coffee store that doesn't have politics. But that's, is this it? Is this really what you business schools can teach? Is this really what you chief executives are, are capable of? This is, the, this is the cutting edge of business, huh? 
Virtue signaling 24-7. It... I'm not joking. One of these days I will write the book because I have been saving uh, requests that are interesting, requests that make good stories. Uh, but I am going to write a management book, and I hope it does as well as Jack Welsh's book called The Asshole Principle or something like that. And basically it's going to be about how the future it's going to be based on truth. It's, it's kind of, it kind of parallels Trump where Trump – has zero fucks to give, and he tells the truth. And that alienates a whole hell of a lot of people, but at least you get some loyal listeners. At least you get a loyal customer base. And in the long run, you're going to learn. I mean, look at how many women inevitably come around and sheepishly admit, yeah, yeah, all I wanted to be was, was a stay-at-home mom. That's really all I wanted. Oh, my God, I have done. I just want to be a stay-at-home mom. Oh, oh, you came around and finally admitted that. How many boys come around? Yeah, you know, I majored in the wrong thing. I used to be a Democrat. How many kids have In the end, you want to you go for long-term purchases, long-term loyalty. And the way you do that is like with any relationship, you speak the truth. Kind or not, pleasant to the ears or not, you speak the truth. And you avoid politics unless absolutely necessary. I don't have, I have no, and look. What Uber should have done is once Lyft started making the accusations, oh, well, we're so much better than that, Uber should have just shot right back and said, I'm sorry, we don't engage in virtue signaling. We, we are capitalizing on an, uh, an opportunity in the market, and we refuse to play politics or engage in virtue signaling. We are a taxicab company, period. We will, we will provide transport to people regardless of political affiliation or gender, creed, blah, blah, blah. And our uh, not outright condemning of Trump's ban uh, does, does not mean we hate the Muslims or we hate minorities or women or whatever. I mean, look at how Lyft went immediately to the, hey, we don't discriminate on race, sexuality. Really, you playing the racism card and the sexism card? How many of you people are sick of that by now? Huh? How many of you guys are sick of that card? Look, delete Lyft. Don't use Lyft. Use Uber. I, I've always used Uber. What handful of times? Not even handful. Twice I've used Uber. Other people paid for it. I still don't like using taxis. Um, just, just, just use Uber. I like to think my old little podcast here that reaches about three thousand people. Uh, that you guys, you know, about half of you use Lyft, so I just cost them fifteen hundred lifetime Lyft users. Please, just, just use Uber. All right, that's enough here. Uh, let's go back to. Last bit of sponsors. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the Clary Podcast, you can. We have 3,000 unique listeners weekly. People say, well, you got more downloads per week. Yes, but it's the same 3,000 people. I'm not going to lie to you. I know a lot of people. We have 50,000 listeners. It's like, yeah, but you do 50 podcasts twice a week each month, uh, and it's the same 1,000 people listening. Uh, I have 3,000 unique listeners, and that's a conservative estimate. So if you'd like to reach them, you could contact me. At capped capitalism at yahoo.com. C-A-P-T, the abbreviation for captain. Capped capitalism at yahoo.com. I charge $100 a month with no minimum. So you can go ahead just one month, 100 bucks. If it works, you make money. Cool. If not, don't worry about it. Uh, we also have the podcast archive. If you like, I can email the podcast archives episodes 25 through 100. Don't ask where the first 24 episodes went. They were all crap in terms of audio and, and learning and learning curve and all that. Uh, it's 35 bucks because i got to pay for the thumb drive and my time delivering it and postage. 
Uh, so I'm not trying to screw you over, uh, but some people have wanted to know where those first 75 episodes went. I have them, but they're on my computer back at home. We also have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. You can go to 405media.com where John Grant and his merry crew of other podcasters have a podcasting station. Lots of choices to select from there. Just go to 405media.com. Our good friend Carrie Lutz down in Florida, who's enjoying slightly warmer weather than I am at financialsurvivalnetwork.com. He's always on the uh, silver and precious metals bandwagon, so if you want to know what's going on in the world of currencies and precious metals, he's there. Uh, Silvio Canto at Canto Talk, C-A-N-T-O, Canto Talk, uh, our good friend in Dallas. And he always talks about if you're more interested in um, Central America, the Caribbean, and South America, he kind of covers the Hispanic and Latino conservative community, as well as mainstream news as well. Uh, And he has his podcast, I think, daily. Uh, You can find him on Blog Talk Radio. And then BlowMeUpTom.com, our good friend Tom Likas, of course, all of you know St. Likas. Go listen to the dad you never had and uh, pay attention to his wisdom there. If you have questions and you need them solved and you're sick and tired of going to, oh, who's previously consulted you? Teachers, guidance counselors, professors, your parents, um, politicians, Oprah, and psychologists who uh, they themselves are pretty fucking fucked in the head and they major in child psychology because they like children. So there's that 24-year-old girl who still lives at home with mom and dad, but she has a doctorate in psychology, and she's going to set you straight. Yeah, when you're done with that bullshit and you actually want to solve your problems instead of treat them and jerk off to yourself, yeah, woe is me, I'm a loser. I want to pay somebody $500 an hour for hours on end, just tell them I'm a loser but not solve. We don't do that. We don't do that here. We solve problems. Or actually, I just provide you solutions, and you solve the problems yourself. Go to assholeconsulting.com, or I, the world's only professional asshole, will insist that you solve your problems. So uh, I charge only $100 an hour, but the good thing is with me being allowed to be bluntful and truthful, once again, I think it's the future, uh, it's not going to take an hour to solve your problems. Especially if you allow me to curse at you and tell you what a lose you are and where you are fucking up in life. Uh, it actually is only 15 to 20, maybe 30 minutes at most, so usually, rarely do I charge more than 50 bucks. So it's usually about 35 bucks for a video, 25 for an email, and that is worth you not majoring in stupid shit, me preventing you from going and marrying a woman who has mental issues. Oh, God. Remember that guy down in the United States? His girlfriend up in Canada wanted him to leave, wanted to move in with him. And he was in love. He was in love. And uh, they met on the Internet. And there were all these signs like she was bipolar and she didn't know who her dad was. And I think she was a single mom. And this wasn't like, hey, come up across the street and I give you candy. It's like move to a whole other country, and then you got to think about citizenship and all that. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Um, is there a way you can work from the laptop or the Internet? He said, yes. Yeah. So he, I said, well, why don't you get your own apartment up there on a month-to-month basis and uh, find out for sure. And sure enough, he was up there a month, and she, yeah, I remember this now. She went missing. Like she just went rogue. She went ghost, and he, he didn't know where she went. And thank God he didn't move in with her or marry or anything. And now, you know what? That was worth 35 bucks, wouldn't you say? The old captain saved them a lot of pain and agony and a shit ton of money. So uh, that's why you need to go to Asshole Consulting. Go to assholeconsulting.com. Tell yourself, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell anyone as long as they got money. We also have the Amazon Affiliate Program. I ask that you do all your online shopping through my Amazon Affiliate Program. You already 
do your shopping through Amazon, uh, why not do it through my Amazon affiliate program? All you have to do is go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, look for the Amazon banner. It's at the top right. Click on it, and um, that takes you to the Amazon site, but they know you came from my site. There will be a little bit of code attached to the URL. And all your purchases, I get a 7% commission. It costs you nothing extra. All it costs you is going to the site first and clicking on that link, which I know is an inconvenience, but that way you can support the captain because I really don't take donations. You can make donations, but it's pointless. I don't know why you would give me a donation. You don't get anything out of it. If you're going to do your shopping online anyway, why not make it beneficial to both of us? Keep me on the air, and uh, you get the exact same thing you're going to buy anyway if you merely inconvenience yourself by going to my blog first. Go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the Amazon banner, then do your online shopping. I get 7% of all your purchases. Uh, academiccomposition.com, we're in the full throes of the winter quarter, the winter semester of colleges. And just like fall college or fall uh, semester, you college students are starting to realize that um, you were lied to. And all these classes that you have to take are bullshit. They are not going to help you in the slightest. And they're really only there to enrich and employ otherwise worthless leftist hacks. With When Trump follows my advice and cuts funding to the liberal arts, uh, they will go away. You can get your bachelor's in two years, and you can move the fuck on with your life. But since that's not happening yet, uh, why don't you do what all smart corporations do, and that is outsource non-critical work. Why write your papers when you can pay somebody over at Academic Composition to write your papers for you? Alex and his crackpot team of staff writers will go ahead and write your papers for you, um, that allows you to go work. That allows you to go have fun. It frees up a lot of time. It's going to cost you money, but if you do it right, it could be uh, to your benefit. Um, they also do resumes for $100 a piece. So if you're not familiar with how to write a resume and you don't have time for that, outsource it. Give it to Academic Composition. And then Academic Composition is always looking to hire writers and marketers. Uh, the pay is not great, but it's not bad either. And it's boring work. You know, Writing leftist liberal Marxist papers gets tiring after a while. Uh, and so does marketing, posting ads on Craigslist. But you know what? You can do it from a computer, and you can do it from home. You don't have to work for a baby bo- Alex is not a baby boomer. That right there is a big plus in the world of employment. You don't have to deal with, Hey, have a landline. How do I know you're at work? I need you to commute, otherwise you're not showing loyalty. You can work here 10 years, and then maybe we'll give you a raise. That will show you. Yeah, no, fuck them, fuck that, fuck the boomers. Go work for Alex instead, and work from a laptop when you can sleep in and do it at your own leisure as long as you get it done. Academiccomposition.com. Go there and get her done. Uh, then we have, uh, oh, uh, Uncle Nick. Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight and Where Pretty Lies Perish. Three different books by Frank Servi. They're available at paperback and Kindle. Uh, Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight is about a character called Uncle Nick, both fictional stories. But Uncle Nick is the epitome of the red pill man. He's in California. He's 30-something. He's good-looking. He has zero fucks to give. He smokes cigarettes. The nieces and nephews love him. The parents and the adults hate him because he speaks the truth. Why? Because in the end, being a red pill man is simply being honest with yourself. And that's why kids, that's why you make the best fucking uncles. Honest to God, I bet you, I bet you nuts to bolts, you take a look at Roosh, Rolo, Roycey, um, Quintus Curtius. You look at any of these men who have written for the manager. These, these red pill men, uh, big or small, famous or not, you take these guys, 
they got to make the coolest freaking uncles there because they're truthful, they're honest, and there's an element of id in them. Is it id ego super ego? What's the one where it's just childlike? Is that super ego? Hang on, let's look this up. I want to be accurate. This is an accurate show. Oh, God, the woman wants to know. I'm dog-sitting for somebody. Uh, super ego. No, it, ego, super ego. All right, here we go. And it's all bullshit because it's Sigmund Freud. Uh, according to this model, the psyche, the id, is the set of uncoordinated instinctual trends. The superego plays the critical and moralizing role, and the ego is the organized, realistic part of the mental. Okay, so it's the id. We've never forgotten our id. We're the id kid. There's a mnemonic device for you to remember that. Uh, all these guys, red pill. But I'd say darn well near 95% of them make great uncles. Because we're fun, we're honest. It's like, ah, look at that little kid. We also, like, miss the innocence. Like, when you were a kid, a young boy, you didn't care about girls. There was none of this adult stuff. Girls were just weird-looking boys, and they'd play with you just the same. We'd all go look for frogs. Sometimes they're a little freaked out with frogs or snakes. But you'd all play in the sandbox. They all have fun. Oh, it was nice times. And we don't, we never forgot that, because then we went into hell. At 12 or 13, hell descended upon us. And then uh, the girls got mean. And, um... Uh, and then parents got weird, and then parents get divorced, and then you go to college, and you get debt, and then you're like, man, being four years old sure was great. And that's why you're like, ah, let's get a little kid, let's get him ice cream, let's get him planes, you know, toy planes, not real ones. Uh, but anyway, so that's Uncle Nick, so he's he's like this brash individual, and, and he has, the kids love him, the parents hate him, and that's why you should buy the book, Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight. I haven't read Pre- Pretty Lies Parish. Uh, but uh, if it's written by Frank Servi, it's pretty good. Again, paperback and Kindle, available for all three books you can find on Amazon.com. And then you have my two uh, classes, the Analysis Evaluation of Stocks and Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. The Analysis Evaluation of Stocks is for those of you who want to learn to read financial statements, how to value and analyze stocks. You'll put a price on it. Okay, if you're interested in investing in the stock market, this is the class to take. Uh, It is six weeks long, two classes per week. Uh, a lot of old-timers take it. Please do not curse or swear or bring politics into it. This is, you know, this is old Grandma Tilly taking it at the local community college. Uh, you can find it online anywhere just by searching the title, The Analysis and the Valuation of Stocks. You can also find my introductory class, which is much more popular because it's introductory and therefore casts a wider net, called Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. If you don't know anything about the stock market, what is a stock, what is a bond, what is a mutual fund, Take this class, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. It's available on the internet, same thing, search it online. It's offered online through hundreds of different community programs and schools and things and stuff. So it doesn't matter where you take it, you're not going to get credit for it. You do pay an arm and a leg for it, but uh, it's a pretty good class. I prefer the analysis and valuation of stocks more because it's more focused and narrow and you'll learn. But if you don't know anything about financial analysis or personal financial management, take the stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. Uh, that's definitely the one to take. All right, fan mail. You know what? Fuck fan mail. We'll do that next uh, podcast on the curse for you. We just, this is already a long enough one. And I have got to get to asshole consulting. And then i got to hit the gym. And there is... When you have to drive seven, eight hours a day... I don't know if you guys knew this. California, Arizona, and Nevada are not small states. 
He's like, oh, I'm just going to go from San Diego to Phoenix. And then, like, seven hours later, like, fuck, there went my day. Um, yeah, I got to get to work. So, all right, we'll catch you kids later. Spread the good word, blah, blah, blah. Check nuts, check uh, for ch- uh, chick cancer and all that other good stuff. Toodles.